to Dubcast. Happy Friday, February 18th, 2022. The latest big news in Clemson football world, which we broke yesterday at TigerIllustrated.com. Hunter Rayburn done with football. Really hate to hear that. He gave a lot of himself last season dealing with major pain in his neck and back. Paul Strilo and I will spend the next couple of days digging into that, the ramifications of that. Hard to see how they won't go into the portal now, although kind of unfair to suggest that that they would just all of a sudden do it now when they've actually been on the hunt for an interior offensive lineman for quite a while, probably with this in mind. For much more on that, go to tigerillustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Arch and Hold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management, and compliance and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harry Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experienced team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. All right. Hanging with my guy, Riley Morningstar, former Tiger Illustrated intern, has moved up in the world, now the editor of the Seneca newspaper. Fun conversation. Here we go. All right. Joined by Riley Morningstar, second time, I think. Yeah, second yes, time. Sir. Second time visitor. Riley, how old are you? I'm 26. All right. What's your position? I'm the news editor of the Seneca Journal right in Oconee County. All right, it's time to stop calling me sir. <laughs> I know we just said those, that. Those days are over. All right, those, I can't help it. Say, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So the last time you came on, I guess it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. We were over there at the Abernathy uh, mm-hmm. Hotel, and you um, were a news writer, beat reporter. Mm-hmm. News. Yes, straight up news and all kinds of different beats. And uh, I guess it was probably, I feel like it was a little warm outside. So it was six or seven months into it. And um, pandemic hit. And I we had an opening with the news editor job last August-ish. We didn't have an editor for a little while, which was kind of nice because you kind of, I mean, we still had to do our jobs, obviously, but um, you kind of had free roam on, on stories and stuff. And, and we did a good job. And then in Jan- late January of last year, they came to me and said, hey, would you be interested? And I was like, no way, because I, 
it is a lot of responsibility. And then said, oh, I can kind of be my own boss and run the editorial department how I how I'd see fit and from people that I learned from. And uh, they groomed me. And last May, I uh, got married and got that promotion. So that was a, a big life step career and, and personally. So now I'm here. And I, I was uh, uh, honored to be <laughs> at your wedding. And I still can't stop thinking about the, the wedding ban at uh, the reception. And this is not an advertisement. Um, <laughs> what were they called again? I think it was the block party experience out of Atlanta. And I think they set up for four hours. And for the two hours they played, it was I didn't pay for the wedding, but it was worth every bit of it because it was. I thought it was a great time. It was wonderful. So you could have blocked them off at four hours? I have no idea. I think they could have played until uh, people were ready to get scraped off the floor. Well, they had to. That's the craziest thing to me is, and and watching them, they were so intense for every second of their performance that I'm like, that, I don't think they can play any longer than they. <laughs> they were than they, had. they must be just exhausted after. After they after they finish, yeah, so so awesome. this your 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 wedding was right around. I think I remember you knew you had gotten the editor job, mm-hmm. but it hadn't been announced yet. Was that what it was? Yeah, I guess they gave me a little bit of a trial run, if you will, which I totally understand. And um, we got back from our honeymoon probably the second or third week of May, and I want to say it was announced by the end of that month publicly, and I got my own office and everything. So yeah, so. What is, what do you, what was it that you think uh, attracted them to you for that promotion? Was it? I know that you 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 boosted up their social media and stuff, mm-hmm. Facebook things like that. Yeah, I think that since I had had an inner understanding of how our product is compared to, and I, I think I've done a good job, and I'm, I'm sure somebody else could come in and beat me, but uh, I don't don't want to think like that. But um. Yeah, I I was familiar with the politics at the county level in a way and understood what, uh, I guess, the mission of our paper was, which was to be as local as possible, um, not miss any meetings. Uh, I I called us in a few interviews with uh, potential candidates for different positions, uh, photographers and reporters, and said, you know, we're a community newspaper. And when you say that, some people kind of look at you weird and think, oh, you're a shopper or you're all church news and you know we have the lifestyle section and that stuff gets in but when i mean a community newspaper we're covering everything and um you know the counts the council meeting that happened last night it's going to be in your paper the next morning because we have that luxury of a, a press plant in westminster and uh and hard news when there's state criminal investigations into elected officials i mean we will cover it uh you know to the extent um that that it requires and I think they felt comfortable with me understanding who was uh, in the office and kind of what they wanted. Is so. So you went to Clemson. Um, obviously, Clemson doesn't have a journalism school. You spent, I guess, a couple of years. Was it with as an intern with with us? I want to say did two football seasons and a few hot summers in between. Yeah, uh, with uh, media outings and then a, a little baseball just to get out and and basketball too, right? Basketball, too, but my senior year, I was uh, fortunate to be a student manager, and that was the year that That's I made right. the Sweet 16. So, yeah. What yeah. was that like? Uh, it was it was a really neat experience to be on the inside, and um, like when I interned for Tiger Illustrated, uh, it wasn't pretty. I mean, 
it was a ton of work. And even at the time, I wasn't writing stories because I didn't have, to be honest, any confidence at all. So I had the mindset of grinding out a transcription, which now I think services can just do it for you, which, you know, but it's good to have that skill. And also knowing that the game is going to kick off at seven, but I'm not going to leave until probably one. Not because I want to hang out in the press box with everyone, but uh, it's just, that's what it requires after interviews. But with basketball, I mean, it's an everyday thing. And that, I don't know if I was surprised when that first happened, but the commitment level and uh, cutting film and I think when they got announced to the the tournament, we were already kind of pre-cutting uh, opponents' film because we figured who was going to get in our draw, and uh, it was really cool. And I'm sure it was even more enjoyable because that was the first time they made it that far in the tournament since I think '97 and '98. Mm-hmm. So it was an awesome experience. So if you're in a media capacity, you sort of see how the sausage is made, mm-hmm. but if you're with a team, you really see how. The sausage is made. What was that like? Uh, what was the biggest sort of revelation to you, just being among the the gears of that of that machine, seeing how it all works from from behind the, the behind the curtain, so you, to speak. You spend a lot of time together. Yeah, like a lot of time. So it's better to get along and not do what you're told. But uh, when they need something, when you need a game cut, you go and do that. You don't wait because that's what the coaches or your boss the film uh director i think that was his title uh that's what they expected and uh when things are good they're really good and when you're losing it's not fun at all and no one enjoys that and i think if they do then there's a serious problem but that was not i mean everyone had such a hunger that year and i mean (laughs) you don't want to play the what if game but when dante grantham tore his acl i want to say it was against it was a home game against home Notre game, Dame, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and that's right. I I was texting a buddy about this the other day. I said, you know, again, what if? But I think they lost to Kansas in the Sweet 16, and they had a crazy comeback in that game. How I don't know. I don't even know who Kansas beat, to be honest with you, in the Elite Eight. But that also happened the same day Zion Williamson picked Duke. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was like a huge gut punch mm-hmm. when both those uh, events happened. But uh, no, it, it was a fantastic experience. When you're on the... When you're doing video cut-ups and stuff, do you get to know the players just yeah. from being around them? Yeah, because that – so during games, I would be up in the nest of kind of where the TV is. So you got the press box on the – I would say it's the I don't know, north side of the arena, wherever the club is, or the press row. And then the opposite side is where all the TV people are set up, and that's where I would sit. And I would run the camera, or I'd have – uh, a fellow manager run the camera and I'd be cutting each possession in real time so when they get to halftime if they want to look at certain things uh, they can do that and uh, on a day-to-day basis you're filming practice but if they need somebody to well I guess every morning that they have a game there would be a shoot around so you'd be at the arena uh, rebounding look trying not to get hit by a ball that's flanking <laughs> off a rim uh, which happened a lot and um, yeah so that was a part of it I didn't really have many laundry duties, but laundry was a big deal, flipping laundry, making sure guys got their their gear ready, uh, and then recruiting, which I'm kind of happy I wasn't really involved with because um, that was an all-day thing, and I was, I don't want to say use it as an out, but I had football I had to do because I had that commitment with you all. But uh, it's, it's every day, and 
and it just goes. It does not stop. Recruiting, like what would you, had you been involved, what would that consist of? Yeah, so I want to say the season that I was there, that was the big one where they were recruiting Zion, and they were also, I want to say, recruiting Josiah James, who I think he ended up going to Tennessee, which was also pretty painful. But um, they would corral us, I guess, Thursday or Friday and give us essentially an itinerary. Uh, you're picking up this player and their family at, I guess, is the Martin Inn. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's still like that. I had no idea. You got them on a golf cart. You're going to take them to practice. Uh, this is how you get them to the game. This is how you, if they want to leave early, this is how you get them back. So um, obviously the coaches were handling the whole, I think as a manager, they're like, just don't screw it up, <laughs> which is, you know, what you should be trying to do anyways. But yeah. So as you're like, how did you get that job? And then as you're doing that job, are you thinking, what are you thinking about your career? Are you thinking this could lead to something in a, in a with a team realm? Or are you still thinking journalism in the mm-hmm. back of your mind or yeah. just anything that pays money? Yeah, that, <laughs> either of those fields to start is not really, if you're getting it for the money, yeah. that's not, those aren't the two professions too. Uh, I honestly cannot remember how I came and I want to say I emailed the video director who's still there, Amit Taylor, uh, one summer and he said, hey, we're full. M- maybe it was a few months before. And then I think Lucas McKay, who was back with the program, I think he reached out to me to come be a, uh, essentially a mentor or counselor at their uh, summer basketball camp where all the kids come. And it, that was nuts. Mm. It was crazy. Uh, so I think that was them kind of trying to get me in the loop. And then I went to be a full-on manager after that. I guess they wanted to just see how I do, which it wasn't hard. It was just a bunch of crazy kids wanting to play knockout the whole time, which is fine. But um, I don't know. I I really I really like – I love sports, and I love being able to watch. And uh, I really, since I've left, I've really enjoyed getting to tailgate with friends <laughs> and family. And I've come to find out that, if again, if Eric Sprott, who's our sports editor, needs me to help, do something or rearrange some something to get covered i'll do it but i really would prefer to watch on a saturday and text my buddies and i think people might have a misconception that you guys are just eating you know barbecue up in the press box (laughs) shooting the breeze maybe some people are but i mean that's work and that's your livelihood and your job so you need to be on point and especially with you guys you know you have subscribers that are expecting things that they're not going to see from the guy who tweets every single breath mm. of play on Twitter <laughs> and you know some people got to do that and that's yeah, fine yeah. but uh no I, I kind of came that sports wasn't really the deal that I wanted to get into and I don't know I've always kind of regretted that I didn't try to jump into basketball and I'm very thankful with how things have worked out but I wish I could have gotten maybe a, a season or two more just so I could have had two or three years experience but that's a whole nother grind I mean I feel like if you're a manager who's never played and you don't have a dad who's a coach somewhere or a grandfather who's this booster, you're going to be a GA somewhere, which is, you know, it's part of the grind and you don't want to skip steps, but that's a whole nother few years and then figuring out how you're going to live. And, uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm glad that I got into the news side of it for sure. So had you gotten that couple more years of experience with the basketball program, what, what would have been the ideal for, for you? Like as far as, mm, well, they're, like director of ops or something? Yeah, because I'm not playing, that's for sure. I wouldn't be a coach. And, again, not everyone that, you know, had to play to be a coach, obviously. But, um, yeah, more like the logistics probably. But that's a whole other 
realm that you've got to, I think once you get it down, it probably goes smoothly, but Lucas was having to organize, we're going to get 40 whatever meals from Texas Roadhouse, we need this picked up then, this is going to be paid for this way, we need this flight booked, so uh, yeah, another year or two, I think people kind of can kind of overrate connections sometimes, but that's a that is in that field a huge thing is connections and who you know and it's just another year or two of the assistant coaches getting to know your face and be familiar because it can be a revolving door like you know when you start as a manager there can be maybe 10 or 11 you guys and there will be a three or four that just fold which because they're either not interested or it's not what they thought it was going to be um we we would call them fanagers and uh, it's kind of a mean way but you know yeah. they were they were fans and then they're like oh i uh this isn't kind of what I wanted to do. So they had this glamorous sort of view of, yeah. oh, I get to be with my heroes, and you you see some of the same stuff in in, in sports writing with, with interns. People mm-hmm. are just like, I'm I'm very qualified for this job because I'm the biggest Clemson fan ever. You know, and it's like, well, that's that's great, but yeah, you, that's the red you, flag. You need, need more than more than that, probably, if you're gonna um, if you're gonna sort of make something out of it. But um, what's the biggest mistake you can make as a as a manager? not having something done when it's supposed to be done because you don't want to be that guy who gets the finger pointed at them. And it's all about accountability. I mean, those are the guys that are having to play and they're going to be held accountable for whether it's online from a fan, if they missed a shot at an important time or, uh, or whatnot. And a manager, if you, (laughs) you screw up, don't, you don't get the laundry done. I mean, it's, it feels inconsequential when you say it out loud, but in the moment you want to be not the guy who's getting reamed. So, did you ever yeah. get reamed? Uh, I don't feel like it, but there was a heightened pressure at times to get stuff done. Like it was crazy. I want to say probably after winter break, when when conference play really when conference play really kicks up, to if you're behind on this team that you have, which would be actually multiple teams. Like if you don't have your Georgia Tech film and whatever other conference against some non-con team like Texas Southern or some awful team if you don't have that cut up to date i mean you're sitting there <laughs> you're just sitting there grinding and that can be tedious but um yeah you don't ever want to get behind at all that again it, maybe it's changed in, since the four years i was there but it's all about getting stuff done and quick in layman's terms to those listeners who don't know what a cut up is what, yeah. what is it so you get an entire game filmed i think it was sport sport code is what we used i don't I honestly could be wrong but it was essentially like huddle, if you will, and huddle had would put up the whole game. Another team, a manager would put it up, or you get a TV broadcast. You'd get that entire game. You would do each possession, and you would code it. So if they're in man D, uh, and if someone gets a block, Dante Grantham gets a block, you assign it to him. If there's a turnover that leads to a transition score, then you got to code it as a transition turnover and so on. And if there's assist, you have to put it so you can see if Elijah Thomas assisted a bucket to whoever. So it's, you got it. It's not, you're just sitting there, Oh, offense, defense, offense, defense. You're sitting there coding what happened. And oftentimes you're trying to do it a a little bit faster. At least I would get going and get in a zone. So yeah, it was, it was every possession, everything that happened. And for a full, however long a basketball game is 40 game minutes. So you can, so during a game, you can do that and keep up. And by the end of the game, everything's done. Yeah, sometimes they might want to. They might want somebody to comb back through it to make sure there's no mistakes. But uh, TV breaks are nice in that job because yep. I was a, 
not to brag, I felt like I was probably outside of the head guy, the best at sitting down and just getting after it because it becomes routine at a certain point. At first, like practices are, I really hated doing practices because uh, one, you don't know how long they're going to go. Uh, again, I know that there's NCA regulations, so they were obviously abiding by that. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's sorry, like, okay, keep a straight face. Yeah, we're doing, uh, we're doing this drill. We're doing that drill, and it just can get the practice would get tedious. But the games, you get locked in in a way. That year was an amazing crowd. I mean, when you win, people show up. I think mm-hmm. that's fair to say about Clemson basketball. I mean, I actually have in my office um, every manager they gave. I guess every senior. They gave a framed, uh, I guess a tiger frame, and it was the halftime shot of the UNC game. I guess somebody made a shot before the buzzer, and it was just, it was electric, mm-hmm. so it was really cool. Did you go out to San Diego, I guess, for the first and second rounds? <laughs> I was, uh, technically I didn't even have seniority, and I probably should have stayed around, but I was on spring break in Punta Cana, <laughs> so we were, yeah, it's it terrible to say. I think we watched the, no, I guess at that point they had already beaten Auburn and whoever their first opponent was. So that that was the first game out in San Diego. I think we were actually on our flight back from somewhere in Florida to Atlanta. And I think I went in right before the game ended. So I was kind of following it way behind. So no, I was not a part of that. So you were able to say, sorry, I'm, I'm going on spring break. I don't any... think they liked that, but uh, it was booked a few months in advance. And when it's, it sounds, it does sound selfish, but when you have the seniority and there was like four other managers that were going, so they were set. I think the guys that they had back, if they wanted them there, it was to basically unpack and be caddies, which you got to be for them if they get home. But I was not there for that. No. <laughs> so post graduation, how long? What did you I, refresh my memory? Mm-hmm. How long between then and when you got the job as a reporter? Yeah. At so I had lined up. I, I try to remember this now and think about how, how much better life is, but it should have been a really happy time uh, graduating and all that. But when you don't have a job lined up, it gives you a lot of anxiety. And I should not have been freaking out as much as I did, but I got a connection to intern at uh, WYFF as a essentially like a sports reporter. And thank the Lord I never got on TV because I was horrible <laughs> at reading a teleprompter and um, – they make that job. I think certain people make that job look really easy, and I. And during the summer for Greenville, there's not a lot going on except for Greenville Drive games. So it wasn't like I was getting a ton of experience. But thankfully, someone made some connections for me, and I. It was paid, so it was something to do. And then I was at the beach in the. I want to say July, and I think you texted me as well. But Eric Sprott, who I'd done some stringer work for at your encouragement that spring hey, you should really apply for this news job. And my the other deal was about to end and another company that was sales, at a, a big company out of Greenville that was sales and I would probably have been miserable. And that's nothing against people that, have to, that do that for a living. But um, so I was kind of getting that point like, okay, it's time to get a job. And I obviously wanted to, but either to chase what I went to school in a sense for or jump into sales. So August, I started as a reporter and you... I was sending stuff to you saying, hey, what do you think? And uh, a lot of mentors helped me out in making that decision. So, What year was this? Guys, fall of 18. 18. So now I feel, yeah, it'll be four years since I've graduated. <laughs> Man, I'm so old. So what, uh, 
when you first get to Clemson, are you, when did you first start thinking, huh, journalism, sports writing? Yeah, so I, I got into the bridge program because I was a terrible standardized test taker. And I did actually one year at High Point when they had the program there and did Tri-County. And then I got into, I got into Clemson the next year. So I don't know, whatever that was, my sophomore year. And I met, I had a really good friend who somehow got me connected with a sport comm professor, Dr. John Spenda. And I think it was the weekend they were actually playing Notre Dame at home. And I I didn't end up doing anything, but uh, ESPN was in town. And I think it was this whole big deal where they wanted I think they were hiring students to do simple production work. I don't know how that involved me, but I was really interested, and I saw they had a sports communication program, which is uh, it's interesting. It's it's not journalism by any stretch. It's different for sure. But I had some really nice teachers and made a lot of friends. But um, I said, okay, I want to apply, and it's a closed major because I think there there are certain reasons for that. Uh, they want to limit how many people get in. Um, I don't know if I want to say why, but uh, I got into that and just kind of took off running, got to meet some really cool people, took a broadcasting class, which I was also terrible at, but had a really nice teacher. So uh, it was a it was a great experience. To I mean, one of the guys I met through that program, uh, he was a groomsman in my wedding, and uh, like it was just it was a lot of fun. It wasn't certainly the hardest work, as I mean, definitely engineers and. Uh, those kind of fields, it was nothing like that. I mean, you'd have busy work, but it was a, it was a good, good way to get to where I am now. That's for sure. So, it, it's weird. And tell me if you agree with this. Like people ask me, you know, how do you get into journalism? You need to go to journalism school. And and part of what I tell them is, is, um, you know, yeah, journalism school can be important, but in the first two weeks, you know, working at the newspaper, you're going to learn more than you ever did. There's not, it's not like you can, it's not like it, what you, it's not like it's in a, you can put in a book, like here's how you become a news writer or news editor at a, at a community newspaper. You agree with that? You got to be ready to grind, which I learned from my time at TI and doing basketball. And even if you're introverted, if you can have a conversation with someone, that goes a long way. And I think in terms of source building, I was so, I mean, honestly, I didn't really build a source for a year probably or two. Because, I mean, when you were yeah, the, at, at the news, right Yeah, because yeah. it's it's intimidating and you see the big big boy papers. The sources say this, sources say that. And I'm like, I'd rather get somebody's name to it. I, I see when sources are certainly important for investigations and stuff like that. But that was intimidating and then realizing oh, I can't just call this person once a month to say, what are you going to say in this meeting? You've got to keep a consistent relationship, not be weird, but, hey, how's your family doing? Y'all got any plans for you know Christmas? Oh, I'm going skiing. But uh, that was intimidating, and I now have that. It's You're in a good spot when people call you to tell you stuff. Mm. That's, that's, I think, nirvana of of reporting because someone hey here's a here's a solid tip from someone you trust let me go ahead and start digging uh that's that's huge and then when i first started so i had done sports and not even really sports writing but then news i had gotten a story and i'll never forget it was about a, a big paint truck spilling and somewhere in westminster i'm like i am terrible at this and my news editor norm canada who's still there he was super helpful and saying, all right, relax. This is going to take you a week or two, and then you'll be fine. And 
I think he was 100% right. Like, I can go back and look at my writing from that first year and see, oh, I would have ripped that up and not written any of that like a robot. Now, I know it's got to be at a fourth grade level, but being much more clear and, and concise in your writing. But, yeah, I think if you've got a willingness to work, and now I'm in a position, <clears throat> excuse me, where I have kind of the job of hiring people to fill spots on our staff, which is we've got a, a very uh, stable staff, which is great. But I think somebody applied, and they're like, I don't have a college degree. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you can you know, at least try to work hard, you're going to be all right because we have people here to help you. So I think just – just working hard and not being afraid of putting in the hours because there's going to be those days where something happens at seven or eight and you've got to get on your computer as much as you might not like that, but you got to get to work. So certainly not asking you to identify anybody, but when did you get to the point where people are calling you to give you tips? And as, as you were sitting there thinking about it, what was the, the behavior or tactic or act yeah. that you think it was it just being a normal dude instead of calling people only when you want something i think is that and then also it's weird it's a county of eighty thousand people but man if they don't have grudges if some people <laughs> don't have grudges against each other so <laughs> daggum if somebody doesn't like something that's going on in a certain city and they don't like the person who's doing it they are now a lot will be off the record and I can't use any of it, but it sure does help when you need to know what's going on. And then you can work through stuff like background information and then deliberate over that. But I want to say like early 2020 when there was a new round of uh, elections and people coming in. And then when I, I took over the County beat, which is kind of the, big beat for our paper uh, in fall of 20 after uh, one of our coworkers left to work in another paper. And I had already had some good relationships with people there. And then that leads to other stories. Hey, this is going on. You might want to, you heard this? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me go ask the right person to see what I can get. So yeah, there was, um, I saw there was one state investigation into an elected official, a coroner over here that I had gotten a a good tip and the coroner still doesn't talk to me, which, you know, it is what it is. That's just part of it and unfortunate, but it was a factual story. And so what was the problem? Um, I mean, I think they're, I think this is PG, PG 13 and this is all fact. This is off a sled investigation. So I'm, I'm okay saying it, but, uh, he got investigated for having sex at the coroner's office with someone that wasn't his wife. So he was having an affair. The coroner? Yes. Oh. So uh, technically it could have been misconduct, but the solicitor over in Lawrence County decided to not. It didn't rise to the criminal level. And then when you FOIA sled after the report's done, you get the full thick docket of it. So what I like to do since I've gotten this position is we are going to write about it, but also our job is not to, to give you any slant. It's just the news. Here's what happened. Here's the full report if you want to read it yourself. Now, the elected official probably hates that because they can read it. But when you pay for the FOIA, I'm going to do what I want with it and put it on the site, and you can make your own judgment on that. Uh, so that was a that was a big one, and there was something that happened this week. I think somebody overdosed, and I emailed or called him Monday, and I still, still haven't heard. So I know what that's from, and I get it. I mean, he's still got his job, and I probably wouldn't like the reporter either that did that, but... You know, it's part of it sometimes. Wait, wait, what would you say? You said somebody overdosed. Yeah, so there was an overdose death, and I needed to report on it, and I needed to get confirmation from him. But thankfully, from the coroner? Yes, but thankfully I had two other sources in law enforcement and the, uh, and the court system that did what I needed them to do, which was confirm the info. 
So the coroner basically is no longer working with you? Like he, he won't he, even acknowledge Again, you? I haven't not hashed it out with him, if you will, but he does communicate with another reporter. So I guess from it's somebody, just, some, from yeah, no, else. actually from oh, our for, paper. Okay, so I see. maybe it's because they have a longer standing relationship. And uh, I mean, it's part of my job and I'm sure in some level he recognizes that, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not to get too deep into uh-huh. this spat no. between you and the corner, but did, would, did he think you, he or she, I don't know, did think you shouldn't have, that it was too it was private or something, something like that? We too salacious? A, and this is social media and social. I would like to think that if I didn't have this job, I'd try to at least be off of two of the three, which would be probably Twitter and Facebook, maybe. But um, we got reamed on Facebook. And this is, shouldn't be the, because if you're getting ripped over something you did wrong, then yeah, you need to address it. But if you're just doing your job, people, oh, here goes the inquirer. It's like, buddy, this is an elected official you mm-hmm. voted for, and they chose to be. Mm-hmm in an office that is getting taxpayer money mm-hmm. and they everyone should be held accountable like again if i'm if i go out and i get a dui yeah that should be on the front page because i'm the news editor and i should get fired over it because mm-hmm. you have to have that and the journal would do that to me mm-hmm. and i and i get it because that's accountability and you need faces in the community you can trust but you know when that happens you know i've got a job to do i'm going to be delicate about it. i'm not going to say uh, what was specifically happening? Because that's that again. That's a whole other level in any ways. But uh, but yeah, you know, Facebook. The, here goes the journal again, making it up. It's like, buddy, one the corner. We don't. <laughs> what do we get out of it? Yeah. Two. This isn't uh, the local yokel Andy Griffith Police Department. This is the state. They're coming to look at him now. You can choose to ignore it, but you know. You know, get lost if you're going to be doing that. But that's a whole other social media is just terrible. So you have this sort of bulldog mentality, not saying that that dominates you or anything, mm-hmm. but you're not afraid to pursue the news. I mean, I think it one is another instance was uh, last summer when uh, one of Clemson's football players, Fred Davis, was involved in that. Mm-hmm. That accident going, I forgot how fast on 123. It was like 117 ish. Yeah, and um, uh, seriously injured a, a mm-hmm. lady driving a a mail truck, and and you you and I were pursuing the same thing, but you were taking the lead on it, so to speak, uh, by doing a bunch of the FOI stuff, and I think we shared some similar, uh, uh, I guess, misgivings about how the police chief was of Clemson was handling it, just sort of being real uh i guess reluctant to to give us anything um do you get any pushback from that from people mm. not necessarily within your building but even just people in the public who say you should be more of a supporter of our of our community more of a fanboy so to speak but, yeah. i mean it seems like in a lot of cases community newspapers the editor's more of just a go with the flow don't uh don't rock the boat um I'm just I'm just curious if that uh, if if your approach is more a function of just who you are as a journalist, or if that is also just sort of part of the directive from that you've gotten from above uh, from above you. Yeah, it's it's weird. People like confirmation bias a lot. They want the good stuff, and and it's it is never my job or my staff's job to be the story. Now, again, if we get sued over something, then yeah, we need to write that and put that on the front. But what I've tried to tell every elected official or someone who might have had a bad relationship with either 
and I don't think it was reporter's fault, reporter's fault before me or with my higher ups because it is a it's a town of eighty thousand people know each other and that's just you know part of it. And I just say all I'm asking is you give me a fair shake. And I've gone up to at least three or four people and done this. And if you have a problem with something that I have written in a news article, you call me and we will talk about it. And if I made an error, I have no problem issuing a correction. I don't want to, but that's the right thing to do. People have such, I think now, a hard time, at least in our area, understanding when something's on the opinion page that it is not the reporter. It's, quote, unquote, the opinion of the paper. Mm-hmm. It's like an editorial board at the Wa- the Wall Street Journal. They might not like it, but... I mean, that's the way it works. But And you don't have to. I've had people come up and say, I, I hate what the paper said about this. And I said, well, where was it? It was in the opinion section. <laughs> I said, well, that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't like it. And I said, and that's your opinion, yeah. which is fine. If you don't like it, then you can write in and say that. And uh, that's I don't know what that is. But um, I don't know. People, like you said, they kind of want you on their team, if you will, I guess, in a way. That did happen with the football thing because you have to find the balance that, hey, this is a guy that is a football player on a, you know, top ten football program. Uh, this this did happen. It was a it was serious. The woman legitimately almost died, and I think and I need to do an update on that on mm-hmm. where she is today. But I mean, she was really messed up. I mean, really, really messed up. And we had there was a great campaign within the community that started to raise money for her, and then. We kind of activated our readership base, and I think all told, thirty thousand dollars to a single mom who was going to be out of work for a while, and then, but then the comments, it's, you know, you guys are going too hard at Clemson. This isn't positive, and I'm like, it's positive negative thing. Yeah, and and I get it, but if we were writing every day, Fred Davis did this, Fred Davis did that, which we weren't. It was whenever something new would come out, and one thing that always stuck with me from that is. In terms of transparency, is you kind of said it that the football team they were like, yeah, he got in an accident, he hurt, he was hurt. They yeah. were they were like, yeah, we confirmed that it's him. And then the PD was a whole other ball game. It was here's this incident report, but we've redacted the driver's name who who allegedly caused the crash. And it was just strange. Yeah. And then the, and then there was a whole other angle when you get we got a little bit of the camera footage from. A church on one, I think it's Frontage Road, that showed what was happening, and there was another car behind them, and it was just really strange the way that worked out. Now, I need to do an update or find out what's happening. But last I heard, I believe he elected for a jury trial, which means it won't happen for like two or three years. Which, yeah, it's his his, uh, his God-given right or in, mm-hmm. in this country that you can be tried by a jury of your peers. Now, uh, that jury is way backlogged for a variety of reasons, but that's what I last heard about that. So, so um, Tiger Illustrated is a subscription-based site, so there's some stuff, uh, a, a small percentage of stuff that that is free that, that everybody can mm-hmm. read, but otherwise you got to pay $10 a month for it. Um, y'all's, so y'all's model seems to be just straight pay mm-hmm. as far as you either... Like there's no, I don't think there aren't there no, any free articles. Yeah, um, I'll explain that. Um, and I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. No, yeah, I'm yeah. just curious. So that is something I really, really struggle with at first uh, because when I first got here or got to the journal, you'd see Greenville News would have they got a few stories to read for a month for free. Why can't we do that? And then you'd get the vultures that are the TV stations that get something and then. We'll either steal your reporting entirely or we'll come and give 
just a little bit for people to, oh, I'll open this and get this alert. It's nothing beyond the surface level. I think it's a joke, but that's a whole other conversation. But with our model, you hit that hard paywall. Now, again, if someone goes and there's something extremely tragic that happens at a school or a huge wreck, we will put up a blurb for free and we'll also direct it to our social sites. At least I will do that. But um, the reason behind that is we live in a county and we're it's a very fortunate situation that people love to have the paper in their hands. Mm-hmm. It's a quality paper. And I, I'm going to steal this quote from someone, but I saw it this week. They said it's called a newspaper for a reason. It should be new. And mm-hmm. that's really the you know, that's what we should be doing every day. We should have stuff that surprises you that you didn't know about in your community. But I picked up a paper, and I'm not going to say which one it was, but I picked up a paper Wednesday that gets delivered to our office that's in this state. And I get it, and it's got one local story above the fold that happened Monday. And it's got two, nothing wrong with the AP stories, one about Ukraine and Russia and the other about something else. And I'm like, well, no wonder your product yeah. is dying. Yeah. And it's not the reporter's fault. It's the people that are running the show, the hedge funds, whatever. But yeah, you know, you can say, well, we're going to focus on our online model. Well, buddy, your online model is not doing that great either because you're, you know, you're changing reporters every year and a half. Mm -hmm. You're either layoffs. It's just, but, but our model is give you a taste. And Hey, if you don't like that, if you see a story that is linked, we have racks throughout the county or your publics that you got to pay one little dollar for it. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. I, I don't know if you guys have it as much because you have such a loyal base that once I feel like once you guys get them in, they'd be dumb to leave in a way. Uh, mm. But with our Facebook group, people that just find out about us, uh, they'll get on the page and say, I'm not paying a dollar for that. Why don't you make it free? You should have never linked it to the to the Facebook page if it wasn't free. And I'm like, you go into a Starbucks and say, I want your free coffee now. They're going to look at you like you're crazy or call the police. And I, I just don't. It's it's just a it's it's a fascinating deal. It really is. I've gotten that too. You know, there's the, the random guy. You know, I'll promote an article on Twitter, and it's behind a paywall. And there's this <laughs> random guy, and he says, "Yeah, too bad I have to pay." Too, and I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't do this like as a charity." You know, mm. I and and like you said, you don't. You know, you wouldn't go through a Wendy's drive-through and be like, "What do you mean, pay? What do you mean, eight ninety nine? I used to ignore it, and I got good about it. But lately, I've just kind of been, uh, hey, you need to go into Sam's Club right now. And once they give you that first sample, say, I'll take the whole lot and see what they say to you. (laughs) All right, sir, that's going to be this much money. And it is fascinating. There's a lot of just psychological things that don't make sense. But, yeah, I get get it if I didn't. I mean, if, but that's all, that's also the other problem when you got the TV stations that are, oh, this just happened, and they're, I mean, they got a job to do too. But when they want to get one little app swipe so they can get their money on an advertisement, then it spoils the rest of the people. But when you realize that this paper is giving you something way beyond that, and uh, not a, a community in a sense, then you should be on board. At least you should. I mean, we have a, an option that you can pay. I think five bucks for a week. And hey, if you don't like it after a week. No hard feelings. At least you got to see a little bit and a little taste. But yeah, the subscription model is an interesting world. And and to be fair, full disclosure, the reason a big reason people are conditioned to expect to get the news for free is because newspapers spent a lot. Not not necessarily the syndicate mm-hmm. paper, but newspapers everywhere spent more than a decade rushing to get all their stuff out for free uh, online. Um, because they were under the misguided notion that that the 
print advertising would translate proportionally mm-hmm. to online. They'd mm-hmm. be able to get the same amount of money, and it wasn't. It was only a fraction. And so then we saw. I guess now we're in that phase where newspapers are like, "Oh, actually, no, it's not for you. You're gonna have to. Yeah, you have I've, to pay something." I've noticed even this. I think of late, and they're not copying us, but we're just one that does it. I've noticed that the state even now they will hard paywall just about every story. Uh, I think Post and Courier is getting that way too, but. That is probably better for everyone, in a sense, of the news industry. Not that we need to all be singing kumbaya. And we want your readership up. We want you, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I have noticed that as well because it used to be you click, you're in. But it's kind of drifting away from that. I've always sort of felt like, or I guess in the last couple of decades, I've felt that that the newspapers that can survive and even thrive in sort of the traditional form are papers like yours where you have a – substantial local community a lot of older people a big attachment to that community mm-hmm. is that sort of part of your model in 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 going hard with the hard paywall but also still devoting so much to the printed product that mm-hmm. others are de-emphasizing yeah i think even i don't know the exact numbers i don't think they want me to share it, but i think a majority of the people that do get on our online website they immediately go to the uh e-edition so they still want to see that paper. They might not want to see the individual article. I'm sure some do, but they want to see you know that digital copy on their iPad. But yeah, you don't want to think that. I, th- I think one of the really great things that I have is stability in a in a world that at least an industry that isn't nice to uh, you know journalists that have been there a long time. They just see them as a an expense to cut. And and I don't want to go in with that mentality. Oh, I'm cushy safe. Every day I should be trying to, you know, mm-hmm. it's cliche, but prove myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm worth uh, where I'm at. But yeah, no, we have people that, you know, Lake Kiwi, Kiwi Key, uh, some of those closed off neighborhoods um, that are that are loyal. I mean, they grew up. I mean, they're what 70, 80 now. But we're also getting newer readers, which is which is really refreshing to see because they're either got kids that are starting school or in school and they want to know what's happening. Newer and younger, yeah, is what you're which saying. is good. Yeah, we we have this interesting uh, feature of our paper called Willie, and people basically yeah. submit anonymous. Uh, sometimes it can be tips or just gripes, like oh, their DOT's doing this on this road. Can you find out what's happening for me? But we got one that was a month ago, and it was. I got the letter, and I, I don't know who the name was, but it was this woman and her, I guess her husband or boyfriend, they were super, I think the mid-20s, I guess, so like me, and uh, they just wrote in, we love getting the paper. We feel like we just moved here, and we're kind of part of a community, and we know what's happening, and that gives you a little hope. Now, you know, you got to give them a reason to subscribe. You shouldn't just say, well, you're here, so you need to subscribe. No, this is why you need to subscribe, so you know what's going on. Why is your water bill higher in a few months, and... Uh, that kind of stuff. So, it's funny that Ask Willie thing was there when I was an intern there in like the summer of '97, yeah. I think '96. Uh, I forgot. It's been so long. But that's thinking back, like pre-internet, that was like the that was the Twitter of the printed, or still is the Twitter, or it's next yeah. door maybe, maybe a maybe a mashup of <laughs> Twitter is. next door. I tell Facebook. people because a lot of politicians don't like it because Willie will say things uh, that they don't like. And I, whenever they have an issue, I say one, it's not me. Two, Willie will outlive me, however long. <laughs> I, uh, I'm thankfully at this job, but uh, Willie is the staple. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an anonymous deal where they submit, and most of the time it's good-hearted. But 
you know, every now and then it gets a little grizzly, not grizzly, but a little, a little tough. Is Willie, is that just a tightly guarded? They'd have to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a trade secret, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, I have an idea. You don't even know for sure. No, gun to head. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, they, they are super tight about it. Yeah. I'll get an email from an account that I don't know who it is. And Seriously? Say it. Yeah. That's fascinating, man. It's tight. Has it it been is. The, well, I guess you don't know enough to know if it's been the same person the whole I, time. Yeah, I don't know. Um, news editors before me have told me, hey, it's just part of the deal. Because when, <laughs> when I was a reporter, I didn't really have to do anything. I, I would sometimes get the editor who would then email me something asking a question. I'm like, why the heck do I have to answer this question? Oh, it's for Willie. Okay, great. Let me go ahead and find out why this pay increase happened for this employee. But... Yeah, it'll outlive me, and I tell every politician that. So it's like, sorry if you don't like it. What is your average? What What, what is your uh, uh, work schedule mm-hmm. weekly, and what is your normal day from waking up to when you go to bed? Yeah, so I had a meeting Tuesday night, a county council meeting, but I also had a department head meeting at eight thirty. So that was. Probably like a twelve-hour day. Why are you at a county council meeting? I got it. I covering it. Covered it. So I am still writing a lot uh-huh. for being the news editor, which I'm cool with. I don't want to be an editor that just sits there and reads and gives out assignments. I'm really heavily involved in writing uh, the county stuff. Even like the county politics stuff has really taken off in terms of the Republican Party. And Oak County has gotten interesting uh, courts, which I really, really enjoy getting to do. It's just not often that it happens in Oak County. And uh, and I'll also need I'll research staff editorials if I need to, so stuff on that goes on the opinion page because that's part of my job. I need to know what's happening on everybody's beat. So, uh, so a regular day when I don't have a meeting, I really try to get in there eight thirty nine ish. I'll go out. I don't ha- I don't really go out as many assignments as I used to. I really try to give uh, features to other reporters. Uh, we got two younger uh, women that are doing really really well one of them's out of journalism school from unc and she's done great another one so i they're really good at some of the featurey stories and they've got a talent for it so sometimes i'll just nudge it their way but usually i'd like to have everyone filing as much as they can by four-ish so i can try to get home at five thirty-six. and then i think it was i think it was tuesday night there was a bad wreck in front of the ace hardware uh I'm sure somebody listening to this will know if they live in Clemson. It was near the Walgreens, that intersection, mm-hmm. I guess. And the truck flipped over, and so I got a text that I needed to look into it. So I had another reporter kind of check it out. But uh, it can be, it can stuff can happen at night, and I don't always love that. But you know, it's part of the expectation, and it, sometimes it'll drive me crazy after having a long day. But uh, you know, it 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 does require a lot of time, and but there is a lot of flexibility in it too. So I can come and do something like this mm-hmm. because. I have a, as of right now, a quieter day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not a conventional schedule at all. Like I'm sure yours isn't, you know, during season and whatnot. So if there's a bad wreck at 11 o'clock at night, you're going to get a call? Pages are usually done by then. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is we have our own press plant in Westminster, which is really, really a part of what makes us unique. I think we print about 40 or 50 other papers in North Carolina, Georgia, uh, I think we even print like a Korean paper or Hispanic paper at a Greenville, which is hmm. pretty cool. So we have the first priority. So what that means is 
I don't want to say these jokers, but these other outlets that are covering a Clemson game at 3.30 and tell their readers on Sunday, go online to see what happened. <laughs> Which, again, no wonder this is failing, y'all. Exactly. I mean, again, this is why it's oh. this is part of the big part of the reason. We can – so when Clemson beat Alabama in whatever, 18, 19, I think we held until 2 or 3 in the morning so we could get all copy in. They would see a fresh cover, game coverage, a reaction from downtown Clemson. And a regular news day. So when a Friday night high school football game happens, we have four teams that we cover. There are at least one staff writer there and then stringers. And we are going to cover it, you know, until the game's done. So in stats, everything. So, you know, you said on 11 o'clock on a, like tonight, no, pages will be done. But if it's fatal, and I always, I said newspaper should be news. So new, so I've kind of, you know, splitting the baby there but if it, it does happen um i make it i try to make it a priority that uh the moment one of us wakes up we're in the office and we write it and might put it online for readers that want to get it or just put a tease on the uh, social media site so yeah you know it's usually uh everything's canned up by then but it depends so everything's canned up by what time usually i got pages last night i want to say at nine fifteen, and that's an early night uh, we had a one of the reporters out Tuesday that had a meeting in Wahala that probably went until nine, and then I was getting into bed about ten thirty and got a an email from my night editor with all the pages done, and he said I'm still waiting on her story, so they weren't even done yet that then, and then what the the paginator and the night editor do is they send those pages uh, PDFs to the press plant to which they lay out on it's a really cool process mm-hmm. i mean i i i don't know they should really try to show people what it's like i guess kids that are in school because yeah. i think they'd find it fast you got to be safe and because they're big machines and, and presses going but uh they also you know sports is a different deal they'll hold for monday night football games and that can go a while now they're pulling ap for it but that ap associated press content has to be there so we can wait and that's a that's a big benefit so last night daniel played daniel varsity basketball boys played at lower richland i guess it was eight o'clock maybe maybe earlier Mm -hmm. did y'all have somebody i i saw eric tweeting about it and i i should be reading it cover to cover yeah we should have if we didn't then it was then we had somebody there stringing for us gotcha yeah no i mean eric and michael crouchley who who has done more clemson stuff they really take pride in you know there are other papers that, and again, I'm not saying this as it's the fault of the reporters, but they are confined in ways that we are not. Like Eric is going to go make that trip to, gosh, I think Michael went to, not, I, I could be butchering, is it Dreher? Dreher, Dreher? yeah, Columbia. Uh, yeah. He went down Saturday afternoon, and again, we don't print on Sunday or Monday, but he went down to go cover West Oak win their sixth state title in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we'll send him. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. expense it and get them to go because that's what makes us different. You mentioned uh, North, you have a, a young reporter from North Carolina mm-hmm. Journalism School. I'm just curious, like, it seems like, like what is inspiring kids now to continue to pursue? Not that not that it's a terrible profession, yeah. but it seems like there's the emphasis now among young people is, oh, man, we want to be an influencer or PR or stuff like that. You just, yeah. you, you, hard-boiled journalism grads just seems passe yeah. to a large degree. It's funny because when we first interviewed her, I guess in July, she was super introverted. And 
Norm said you can be an an introverted extrovert, I think is what he said, and that's how his wife is. But it's cool to watch her come out of her shell, and she's already in the place where people are calling her to tell her stuff so she gets stories. Um, I think that she liked telling stories of people. Um, That is an interesting point, and this isn't me being – I guess it could sound me being bitter, but I work a few miles from Clemson, and I have never gotten a call once from any of my teachers or the comm department. I mean, there's been turnover about telling them what it's like to be a, mm. a journalist. And mm-hmm. that comes across. And it does. It, it, sure, who, who wouldn't be kind of, you know, feel a little slighted by that? But And this isn't anything against anyone else that does this, but they have the ESPN production assistants that they will <laughs> they'll beg to get on a Zoom. Yeah. And that's a cool job, but not everyone is going to do that. And... I don't know. It, it, sometimes it feels like a missed opportunity, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Th- that PR thing is a a big deal now. I don't really know what they're telling them to try and go do once they graduate now because it's it is so different. The influencers, the marketing agencies, and then people that don't like it can get into sales, which is fine. But yeah, that is a that's an interesting point right there. How many people are you in charge of that are older than you? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and I try not. That, honestly, that felt a little weird at first, but in talking with talking with someone that, at the paper, they were like, they were they respect you, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I and I don't. And if I, I told them when I got it, if you think I'm acting like a you know a jerk or I'm way too big for my britches, you need to tell me because that's not one who I am. And two, um, I'm just here to to help make sure everything goes smooth. So we're putting out a, something that somebody wants to read. I mean. Greg Oliver, who's been there for <laughs> since you were there, Forever, right? since, yeah. since you, you interned, um, he's cut back to you know semi-retirement in a way, and I have a lot of respect for him. I don't write anything like him at all, but he is—he's uh, that institutional knowledge. And hey, Greg, I need this number. Can you tell me? And he respects me. I think they all at least respect me to my face, so that, that's good. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the two newer hires—they're a year or two older than me, but. We all get along, but I would say that there's probably nine or ten people that I'm quote unquote responsible for. But Eric and Michael, they're really their own thing. If I need to promote something that they're doing, then we'll uh, talk or work out vacation time. But I guess, I guess about seven or eight people. What, yeah. are, what are the hardest decisions that you have to make, and how often do those do those come about? So one that of lately, I get is when those hard stories do happen, what to include. Um, of late, I'm sure people see it on YFF4 or a news app that there was a teacher in Pickens County who got arrested for um, having sex with a minor. Mm-hmm. And we reported that. I'll probably go to her court case in a few weeks, I guess it is, in March to see what's happening there because those are always, those really captivate people for whatever reason. I filed a Freedom of Information Act request and got the incident report from it, and there was just a lot of stuff in there, and probably stuff that would hurt her family, and mm. um, and the way it went down, and just haven't reported it. Now mm. it'll probably come out in court, and then other people will be there. But it is there are stuff there is stuff that comes up like that, and like this this week, uh, and I I kind of took a. Yeah, I kind of took another beating online for it on our Facebook page, which I shouldn't look at, but I do. There was a girl who two years ago allegedly 
child abuse homicide case where her 16-month-old kid died and her boyfriend, they got charged. Her boyfriend took a plea deal a year or two ago, got seven years for child neglect. And then um, Saturday, so this is what I was talking about. My sources were calling me. Monday, I get a call. Hey, she died. I said, what do you mean? She overdosed. And Mm -hmm. uh, apparently she had a lot of demons. And uh, now, again, I didn't report that, and I'm saying this now because I don't feel like they're going to be listening to it. Uh, but there was a drug investigation. Uh, well, I guess what I what I said in the story was that the narcotics division was investigating, which you can you should be able to figure out what that means. And people were like, "I can't believe you wrote about this." And I was saying there, I was thinking there, you know, if she if the charges got dismissed and or she was found not guilty, would have never touched it. But she had two charges that she was going to get tried for this year. And and part of the story is the state is going to move to dismiss the charges because she's obviously dead. So it's sad. It's terrible that she died. And uh, there are people that, I mean, I had two guys that cussed me out over the phone on Tuesday or Wednesday that it ran. It was, this is, this was funny. I actually had the call saved. The guy called me and he said, you wrote, uh, you wrote that, you know, she didn't see her kids or anything. Her kids were taken away from her. I said, I said, I never wrote that. Hmm. And he said, well, my buddy told me that. <laughs> And I said, Classic. well, your buddy is wrong. And he's the <laughs> other one that called and cussed me out. And I, and he said, well, can you send it to me? And I said, no, it's a dollar. And he said something very unpleasant and hung up. That's and fantastic. It's, it's sad. Again, it's very sad. Sorry, happened, but the guy called and I'm just, dude, come correct. You know, no, it's a dollar. Yeah, it's a dollar. I'll tell you, I'll send you the, I'll email it to you. Because one of the great things about our, our office lines is they all have, they all record uh, calls. So yeah, it's, it's there in all it's one and a half, uh, minutes. Glory. Oh, so I'm going to send that to you when I get back in the yeah. office. It's, it's terrible. How, do you have like people you bounce stuff off of when you have decisions? Norm like, is a huge Norm, one. He, Norm, he's the, yeah. Norm he's actually ready. called you, I think to get the reference. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Tar Heel grad, he's probably late fifties and, um, he was a, a pastor for a long time and he's done mission work in West Virginia where it's just ravaged the drugs have ravaged pockets there and then mm-hmm. he also did work in Brownsville North Carolina or excuse me Brownsville New York which mm-hmm. is one of the I think the worst places to be in New York City with gang violence and stuff and he has such a calm demeanor and he's someone that I trust and he'll we talk whenever I get something like that what do you think and I have no problem going to him because I don't know everything, and I'm glad I don't, but he's someone I heavily lean on if I got a decision to make. Or Zach Malden, who is our whiz, wizard in terms of laying out a paper. He's the night editor, and he's someone I, I can text and, and bug if I'm feeling weird about something or, hey, do you think this is news? And they're both really great about that. I'm glad because part of that is also what, what makes us different than another bigger chain is they ha- they have reporters that come in and go, and they don't really have connections with people in the newsroom or they're working remotely, which is, you know, fine. But we're in that office environment where, hey, Norm, let, let me talk to you real quick, if you don't mind. And we'll talk for a little bit about the budget, our daily uh, news stories that we have lined up. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I'm glad that I have people that have been around longer than me and I can go to. That's a big help. 
want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union. If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthal. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced, professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-35. I noticed, and you probably remember this, and this is not uh, this is not poking a necessary fun mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it's another newspaper, so it's fair game. Mm-hmm. The uh, the claw incident with the Clemson students uh, at football games. Do you remember that? Oh man! So it's like it was like a. It little, happened this year, right? Yeah, it was a little fad that started. Like students started doing this claw yeah, gesture, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it became. Oh, there was. Some, it became okay, yeah, quote yeah, unquote yeah. controversial, which. I don't think it was controversial. It's I just a think it, thing it was social it media controversial. Yeah. Like a, a couple of media personalities, like Kelly Graham Lake and a couple of others, mm-hmm. were like, "Oh my gosh, this is the worst idea ever." Which nothing personal mm-hmm. against Kelly, or, oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, personally, I don't give a crap what a few students are doing. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And so, gain momentum that way. And then, so the Greenville—I'm allowed to say the Greenville News mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I think they, they made a big the, error, right? <laughs> It's like a really big error. <laughs> they did an article, fascinating on a number of levels. Uh, one of which was uh, they they quoted somebody named Pat McGroin, <laughs> and oh, and gosh. so I my, That's what it was. my wife and I that that evening are 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 just sort of deconstructing this thing like okay how could this have happened like we're coming up with our best guesses for for how you could possibly oh that's how you could possibly i mean it's not like they were it was a man on the street it wasn't like they did it in person and so what our best guess was was that she crowdsourced based on the very medium that it became a controversy twitter and and something that goes quote-unquote viral and so maybe she reached out to Clemson fan 2020 uh, with a DM or something. Mm-hmm. Again, oh, just gosh. speculating. It's like, hey, would you? Are you available to comment on <laughs> on the claw? Don't you know that guy yeah, just lost it when Pat, he saw it. My name's Pat. Pat who? Pat McGroin. And so, another layer of it was that if you get to the bottom of the article, and it says Jennifer Smith, whatever. 
covers breaking news for the Greenville News. And I'm like, this is breaking news? Like, that's how you yeah. identify breaking news is you just sit on Twitter. Like, you, to, to, to hit on what you were yeah. talking about earlier, you know, you got to get out there and talk to people. You can't really be an introvert. You, you got to know what's phone. going on. You got to develop relationships. And this is the opposite of that. And I mean, and, and it really wasn't, I maintained at the time, like, this is not a big deal. We're talking mm. about maybe 50 or 60 students that just are having some fun. And it's a click are, thing. It has to be a click yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I even had Clemson fans clapping back at me because I wasn't enraged about the claw thing. You know, you're not a Clemson man. Well, well you're uh, not supposed but, to be yeah. either. <laughs> and so, you know, two weeks later, nobody was talking about it anymore, you know, which is exactly what I yeah, thought would happen. But it, it's just... um. There are so many uh, ways that newspapers in general are killing themselves. I think that's one of them is that you have somebody who's in charge of breaking news and they're not really, doesn't really appear to be, they're really covering actual news. The social media thing is really one I've actually kind of learned my lesson on. And we didn't have a mistake like that, but, um, and it wasn't a mistake, but it was something I learned from. I guess Nikki Haley got appointed to the trustees. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was last year. And I had a reporter write. I was like, hey, just try and see what the reaction is. And, of course, anytime – and they're saying it's not political, which, you know, I don't think Clemson's doing that. But why, would you not want to have the former governor or mm-hmm. uh, representative of the U.N.? I think that was what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were just freaking out on Twitter about it. And we had one – we had, like, one or two tweets that we used from people that – had real profiles and everything. But then the then I got a call the next day. The guy's like, – a reader said, you know, I don't really like that. And I said, what do you mean? We These are just random people on the Internet that it says they're living in South Carolina. But, I mean, also, does it take that? Do I really need to waste resources to find out what, no offense, the guy with 120 followers thinks of Nikki Haley? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. With an egg. And, with an yeah, egg as yeah. His, and I'm like, from that point on, I just don't worry about that. Because it's the same way with people about the whenever Clemson does a mask, mask change or a testing change. And... It's just really not. Now, again, it wasn't a mistake like that, but it's something I've learned from that I don't want to do. But, yeah, the social media, the mob is it's, <laughs> it's like just getting uh, – Don't you, I just can't imagine what that guy thought after he clicks the Greenville News article or he or she and they're sending it to their friend. Can you see? I got them. I got them good. And how do you, it, how do you walk back that correction? Well, they had to do a correction, and they said, we regret the error. Our normal policy – is to confirm the identity of our, it's of like our sources. It's like, holy smokes, man. Yeah, like, no, that's a no-no. So you mentioned earlier, like I guess, similarities between our jobs, but really there are more differences in that I cover one thing. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I cover Clemson football 98%, and so I'm focused on that one thing. Um, but you have to focus on a lot of things. And so how hard was it initially – because a big part of your job is learning about your community. Yeah, I will say to you, I think that you have to know everything that's going on, even if you're not writing about it in terms. True. So you got to know the admin situation. Now, again, you write, like you said, a lot about football, but I'm betting that you know a lot of stuff that you don't write about. But uh, somebody came up to me a week or two ago. They were like, you seem really stressed. And I was like, yeah, I got about four stories. And it's kind of like juggling while an angry monkey is trying to bite you on the leg. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get all this done, and I have one person coming in. I need you to look at this. And it's fine, but yeah. Uh, it's so weird. When I when I lived in Clemson and went to school, I was like, Oconee County, what is that? 
and and it's a beautiful area. It's got three lakes and wonderful mountains and trails, but I didn't realize, and oh, 80,000 people. That's a lot when you got mm-hmm. different three sister cities, if you will, in a county. So this that, is including Clemson? No, so 80,000 in Oconee, and then Clemson kind of fluctuates, I want to say, with the students. So I feel there's probably 25,000 mm-hmm. people here when the students are in. And we cover the city. Uh, city's a little different. And a few of them, like a little bit of Central and Six Mile. And we'll cover a little bit of Pickens County Council and the school district. That's a lot of things once you start counting up and dividing beats out. Um, I think the hardest hardest part is when I was the reporter and I had my consistent beat of this city, that city, and this entity. But I'd also have the police scanner with me because I could be getting ready to make a call and then there's a building on fire. And it's like, oh, my mm. gosh, i got to drop everything and go to this and, and whatnot. But, yeah, you're you're right. It's a lot of juggling and there is nothing worse than when somebody comes up to you and they they know it and and you don't but now we have a radio station that we don't really compete with uh i have a lot of respect for the guy that does it but he does a little bit of new stuff and then fox carolina sometimes comes out when there's maybe a murder or a councilman calls them to come see a contentious meeting which is interesting in a way and yff will come and do their thing but yeah, I hate not being in the loop on stuff. Mm. So that that is definitely a big part of it. You got to know what's going on, and you're and if you don't, then you need to have make sure your reporters are not uh, messing up. So whenever there's an editorial or something, I'll make sure the facts are in terms of everything that's not the opinion. So if the rate increases however many millions of dollars, let's make sure that number's right, and you can say whatever you want about that. But yeah, I, I definitely want if I don't know, then I'm reading their stories and I have an idea what's going on. So. Yeah. Do, is that the hardest thing to sort of impress upon a new, you know, fresh college grad who maybe is like, oh, I want to be a writer, and 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 you have to sort of say, well, writing is important, but the bigger part is knowing what's going on, and that's yeah. not something that you learn in journalism school. Right? Don't wait for it to come to you. That's for sure. I mean, that's probably anything in life. You got to get after it. So picking up that phone, and then I think. One of my first few days, Norm actually took me out and introduced me to a few people, people that I've covered it rarely, but when I see them in the community, I can talk to them and uh, have a conversation. And sometimes that conversation leads to, oh, did you hear about that? But yeah, if you have the idea that you're just going to sit at your desk the whole time, you're probably going to hate it and not be that great at it. So it's important to pick up the phone. I told, I told you in a text, I guess, yesterday, the day before, I have this fantasy of if I win the lottery... Uh, I'm just gonna be a, I'm just gonna be the, the Daniel, football and basketball beat writer, and that's it. Maybe after I retire, maybe I'll do that for fun. Uh, but and and in part that's because, I think, like, covering big time college athletics for all, the cool parts of it, you're there's still a wall there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, with a high school team, it feels, or even like a small college team, it feels like, you can get back to, like. You know, getting to know everybody you're covering, you know, and and there's no paranoia or whatever. You know the kids because you can walk up after a basketball game and say, hey, coach, am I good to talk? Mm -hmm. And the coach is not going to care. I mean, we we do have one guy, uh, Brew Nimmons, who does a lot of the Daniel stuff, and his father, Rocky Nimmons, owns the Pickens County Courier. So he's really good. He's been plugged into Daniel like a Mm. long time. So he has relationships with Fru. I don't know the uh, uh, coach – uh, Fru, who's the Daniel football. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Daniel basketball coach is, but 
Yeah, no, it's it's a whole other deal. Like access at Clemson is great. The media says that, but you're right, it's a whole other deal when you can go up to and I go. It's much smaller stakes, but people pack those arenas. Oh yeah, and it's we intense. Sent somebody down. I don't know where they played in Columbia. Not originally last night. No, no, no. For uh, the football championship. Oh, uh, Benedict. I think that was yeah, it. But college. people travel for it and they yeah. care and they they love that and that's really neat. So uh, we talked about this on the last podcast, but that was a few years ago. Some yeah. people probably don't remember. But I just want to know the run-in that you had with that. But we can laugh about it now. Yeah. It's been uh, six years, I guess, five and a half Golly. years. How much did that uh, long-term sort of uh, – did that play a role in shaping your sort of – you as a journalist – now, as a as a professional, like or, or at all, or or is yeah. it just a or is it just a bad memory? <laughs> I guess it, it's kind of both. So that was the first time anyone ever yelled at me in terms of a job. I mean, I've had I don't want to say that in journalism, someone's yelled at me, <laughs> uh, and and when you get yelled at by the guy who's making whatever many millions and and you've got uh, you know winning football games and everybody loves him, which is awesome, but it doesn't really affect me as much when I hear somebody else get upset with me and something I that they're factually incorrect on I'll just be like oh okay um but yeah no the way he 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 ripped me it wasn't I mean I hated it in the moment Mm -hmm. and I I was like I was just so upset and I talked to you on the phone right after it happened and I don't think that I just don't think it was right what he did but um I mean I again I'm a peon I mean, he wouldn't know mm-hmm. me if, if he saw me in a crowd, which is cool, and it doesn't matter. But, yeah, it, it was at a time, I guess, they were stressed out, and they had lost a bit, and I went on a – I'll just go ahead and rehash it. I went on a Wednesday night – I guess it was one of those Wednesday practices, which I had done before. But I think – Post-practice media yeah, gathering. And it's yeah. – thankfully, it's much smaller. And actually, the guy who was there working for another outlet – I had never talked to him before. We actually, like, it was weird, like a macho eyeball thing. Like, we wouldn't talk to each other in class. But then, oh, another, and, another yeah, intern. Yeah, and he's, see, yeah. he was in my wedding. And <laughs> we, I mean, I we te- and I got yeah. him hooked on TI. He's yeah. on it every day. We talk all the time. And uh, I, I think what happened before was Dabo had said something to me in another media deal. Uh, somebody was in a jersey, a let's yellow go, jersey. Right, let, let's go back. All right. So the previous week, it I think it was. Yeah, it couldn't have been that. It was still warm outside, so I think I saw. I don't know if it was Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod. I think it was McLeod. And you got there early. You got there half hour early, so doing your job. Yeah, uh, you know, and, before anybody else. And no one will say that they're timely when it comes to media avail. I don't know. Yeah. At least it wasn't there. And that's their mo. They can do whatever they want because we're gonna have to show up anyways. But he got on a cart, one of the golf carts, I guess, and he had a yellow jersey on. And this was pre. Dabo Land facility where now yeah, it's true. a guy yeah. gets carted off into the training room with an you injury. You it, never right. see the light. But back then, they get carted from the practice fields all the way over to Death Valley where their operations yeah, they come were. Out of the gate. And so not just you, but any, mm-hmm. anybody could have seen yeah. McLeod getting carted off. And I said something, and we, because also I'm uh, not important in the sense that, I mean, Dabo knows you guys because you're around, but I'm an intern and he doesn't know who I am, and that's another problem because there's so many interns that come in and out. But I just said, hey, you know, Ray Ray McLeod was in yellow. Can you say what happened? He's like, huh? How do you know about that? You watch him practice? And I was like, no, he just came out. And he, did, he didn't like it uh, at all. 
and I think that was I think maybe something else happened too. I I did make a huge I think a really stupid mistake. It was a uh, another session I think before that when I I think I asked a player how's everyone's health, which I shouldn't have asked that, and the player doesn't need to. That's not their job either. And I think they didn't like that. I think Venables might have said something. I hear about people asking about their health. That, that's not what they're supposed to do. Oh, I wow. could be wrong, but I did something like that, and I get that. I would never do that now. And I was just, you're, you you're know, student. I was asking, learning. I was learning. But uh, they lose to Pittsburgh, super tight game. I, you've done a lot of reporting, you know, oh, my gosh, is it going to fall apart? And, you know, you know, they lose one more time, and they're not getting in. But uh, I go up, and I I believe you text me, or I texted you. It's like, do you want me to ask At anything? At the behest of me, you asked yeah. the question that provoked And the I still have the audio from it. I don't think I sounded like an a-hole. Maybe they thought I did or whatnot, but I was like, do, when do you feel comfortable with – you know, running him again. Deshaun. Yeah, and that's when he was hurt or something. And Dabo, I think the first sentence he said was, "Do you? did you even watch the game? And I, and you can hear the audio, and I kind of like, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you know anything about football? And I'm like, oh, man. Uh-oh. I'm like, I'm about to get drilled, aren't I? And then he goes on. He said, like, we're throwing the ball for this much. And they're right. They threw it. They slung the ball around that game. And if you know, we're, he he is running, and uh, know what you're talking about before you ask it. And I was like, Whew. and then another person stepped in and got him off, which is great. But then I'm walking out of the facility, and somebody says to me, another media person, they're like, "Man, you're you're all right. You know, it's okay. Uh, he does that every now and then, but you know, you you didn't do anything wrong." I'm like, "Well, it, don't, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I feel like I just got you know pimp slapped." <laughs> And then we're walking out of the gates, and he's like, oh, there's Dabo now. I'm like, can back for seconds, yeah, just like he does with the players yeah. on the sideline. He's in his truck, and I'm walking to my <laughs> crappy little car, and I just I was like, this is not really what I want to do right now. And he's like, hey, I, didn't, I should have recorded this, but he's like, hey, what, what kind of question was that? And I'm just like, I, my boss said I could ask something like, you tell me, who's your boss? He's like, Larry Williams. <laughs> So you tell Larry to ask that himself or something. And I just, I, at that point, I just turned around and kept walking. And uh, and then and that was the end of that. And I swear, I swear one time when I was in a basketball, I was, when I was a manager after a game, I saw him walking in the hallway. He was like leaving. And he kind of like looked at me and just kept oh looking the other way. So I think he's like, hey, I think I kind of remember I, that guy. I don't know what happened, but. Did uh, I ream that guy one time? Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was really tough. We're uh, laughing now, only because of the passage the of five or six years yeah, since then. Me, I think we went and got lunch at some wonderful, unique oh, Mexican, uh, Mexican restaurant yeah. in Central. And that helped, but man, it was it was uh, I was shaking. So some important fun. things here, um, so we don't come off as oh, that's just Debo being a jerk, and he shouldn't do mm-hmm. that. Like I I bear, bore some a significant part of the responsibility for that. And that I just threw you out there on a Wednesday night by Wednesday nights by yourself, saying, oh, I, I, this is a promising young reporter." You know, he's <laughs> You're like, "Damn it, it's not he, anymore." He, he's, he's, shown, done. he's shown an interest in asking questions, which very few, you know, first-time intern types have enough guts mm-hmm. to actually ask questions in press conferences. So I'm like, "I'm going to elevate it to another level." The right way to handle that is to go with you and even introduce you to Dabo. Hey, this is Riley. He's going to be uh, asking questions so at least there's you know some introduction mm-hmm. um, and then another mistake was asking you 
I guess four days after they lose to Pittsburgh, when they're trying to pursue a national title, uh, to ask him about the running game. He's he, in, in that way, he was right. I should I should have been the one to. And he might have been asked about it before, and I wasn't at every. I don't think I made it to the Tuesdays when he would sit down. I think Sanders Sullivan did that, so I wasn't like sitting there watching every clip except for when I was working. But no, it it's it sucked in the moment, but it was it's no nothing bad at all. But you know, I learned from it for sure. One of the things I have learned probably since then, because there have been other dust-ups, you know, mm-hmm. that's just going to happen, yeah. you know, um, because his, our interests sometimes conflict, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's with an injury or Trevor Lawrence having uh, having a shoulder injury and having an MRI, whatever, I've never flipped out about that one time. Mm. I've learned to, that there can be mutual respect and you can have a good relationship and it's nothing really personal. You're going to have some disagreements and he might handle <laughs> disagreements in a different way for sure than others do. But he's a football coach. Yeah, right? he's competitive. Like, he's he's a football coach. It's a competitive business. Um, that's generally how football coaches are wound very tightly. And mm-hmm. so, um, anyway, I think some people, you know, when some people t- do take it personally and just go nuclear on a coach who um, maybe loses his mind, and I, I'm, I've. I've developed a more lenient sort of big picture view of, hey, that's he's just sort of standing his ground. Just like, you know, somebody like me could rip, you know, a coach for a play call. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that they probably don't receive that very well, you know, but we're still doing our jobs just like they're doing their jobs to stick up for their program or whatever. But that yeah. was, uh, I will never forget that one. How often do you listen to that uh, recording? I, every now and then, I I was at uh, I was Abby has Abby my wife has to work. She works at St. Francis downtown in the hospital, and every now and then she has to pull like a seven day shift, and she gets two days off after that. So one Sunday, I was like two or three months ago, I was going to pick up lunch for her at a Greek restaurant to just drop it off so she'd have something to eat. And I get stopped in there, and I knew somebody that worked with my mom, and they worked together. I think United Way. And her husband is standing right there, and I think it's his father. And they're like, "Oh, you got, you know, Davo got a hold of you, right?" And I'm like, "Like, man, like it happens every now and then." And I'm, if people ask me for it, I send it to them. But it's not something I'm gonna put on YouTube because I still think it's a tad embarrassing. But yeah, I've got it on my my Mac somewhere, and and the recording, and it was just brutal. But yeah, no, it, that happened. I swear, like two, maybe a month or two ago. It's just that's random. great. Yeah, it's funny we were talking off the air about how. Since then, I mean, Dabo has gone from this sort of cuddly darling, darling, this new face on the scene who's going to challenge the Death Star to now, man. It's like he can't say anything without getting just reamed. And he says stuff that other coaches say to very little reaction. But when he says it, it's, oh, give me a freaking break, Dabo. You know, just the, the cynicism is... And not that he's perfect, not that mm-hmm. he always says the right things. Um, he has said some things he probably shouldn't have said, but but just the 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 cynicism toward him is 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 kind of jarring. Yeah, he's got a bigger platform for sure. But I feel like no matter what is tweeted about him, there will be someone. And you shouldn't look at the replies, but you know, people <laughs> do when there's a high ratio, if you will. 
and it's it's like oh he didn't really say anything that different from Kiffin, if you will. And then one that you had was really interesting. I feel like you was it David Till you had on with UVA not too long ago. Yep. And he said something about Bronco Middenhall. Might have said even like hates the portal. Bit. Yeah. And he he kind of went in and it's like okay he's got a different platform, but nobody. I didn't see anybody freaking out over it. I think there's like an inclination to. And maybe this past year was especially to kick them while they're down to kind of get your shots in. But even fans from other teams, one thing I don't get, and I don't want to get too football-y because it's not my field at all, but, I mean, I think Shane Beamer seems like a a very likable coach. And it's not bad that I think he has some of the traits that I think Dabo has, for sure. And it's weird to see... Oh, we love him. We love welcome home. We love this and, and this about Shane. And it's like you know, this is kind of what you're ripping about, Dabo. Yeah, like it's just for it's, a decade. That may, but that's just I guess fandom in a way. Oh yeah. But yeah, the media figures that are supposed to be unbiased. It's really weird. It's like oh, there go. There's a one guy from USA Today that everyone will know. <laughs> Dan Walken. There he goes again. <laughs> there he goes again. It's like no, Dan. You didn't. You didn't read the transcript into your. You know, don't don't pretend that when you see the one sentence you you got your mind. It's just a joke. What yeah. I love is is that over the summer on the topics of portal and nil, it was, oh relax everybody, it's it's going to be great from a, from some of these national voices and oh we're we're just talking about enough money to buy a burger and you know it's just going to be Instagram. <laughs> They're going to be making money just off of that and we're not talking about a lot of money and now it's. Didn't you know that was going to happen? Daddy, come on. Why, why, is, why is everybody so upset yeah. that things have changed this much? Come on. What, what, what's wrong with society that, 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 that people have a problem with this? It's just such a such a weird split. It really is. And I don't know. It It's it's like social media and people – it is weird. I, I think I saw you post about that. And there's an article that came out this week that there's some firm in Tennessee or something that's working with all these athletes and – I think the rumor was A and M paid, you know, however ten, tens of millions, and then this article says eh, ten million is a realistic thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then, like I said, like Kiffin, he calls himself the Portal King, but he goes and he's like, I don't really like it. Now he's using it, but yeah. he'll say something, and uh, you know, it's just Lane, good old Lane, being funny, and Dabo, get him out. <laughs> you know, Dabo said he hates. <laughs> no, and then I think one of the funny parts was. When you were like, he really cares about graduation rates, and then you see it. Oh, he doesn't give a damn about yeah, whether yeah. those kids graduate. And then you you look at the percentage that you tweet, and it's like 97, 98. And it, how do you pretend to know what he really believes uh-huh. and stuff? It's crazy. The, 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 my strategy is to not punch and run, but I'll just do a tweet every now and then. But I, <laughs> I, I, I swore off sitting on Twitter hours a day a long time ago and it was the best thing that mm-hmm. best decision I could have ever made because it's just a it's a wasteland and leaves you in a it can't leave you in a good mental spot uh, if you spend 12 hours a day going back and forth with people not on all of us have you don't have to say everything for every minute of the day right but dang it if it, people don't feel like they need to <laughs> every second of the day of tweet this about that I, that's one thing I just do not enjoy the sports debates anymore uh, i just it turns me off so hard yeah. like college turn on first take oh this is funny watching skip and Stephen a got and now i'm like i have a few georgia fans of the office and like i can't even engage in a good joke and <laughs> it just doesn't interest me to just watch you know riley morningstar i'm sure you got mm-hmm. better things to do mm-hmm. um for your employer so man thanks for joining us really enjoyed it and um appreciate you listening too sounds like you're a regular listener uh, absolutely thank you for that. i'm telling you i got my buddy I'm, I turn as many people as I can to TI. I I told him 
said sign up, and he's starting to get active in asking mailbag questions. Well, so nice. I've, I've converted him. Now I'll nice. go see when he's online, and he's like <laughs> online all the time. So it's great. Very thank cool. you so much. Yeah, thank you, bud. All right, great stuff there from Riley. Thanks to him for taking time out of his day and coming over to the to the crib. And if you're in the greater Clemson Seneca area, subscribe. They do great work, staying on top of a lot of things. Appreciate the support of our very loyal sponsors. Also, thanks to every one of you for hitting play. Really appreciate it. Cheers.